0: Hi and welcome to the Changes Ahead podcast.
1: Giving space to the often unheard questions,
0: doubts, hopes and challenges facing the church in Aotearoa, New Zealand. I'm Stephen.
1: And I'm Kathy, And we invite you to join us as we imagine the changes ahead.
0: What I loved about this conversation with Aaronn is his invitation into complexity, into engaging in the areas of our faith and society that don't have simple answers.
1: And also I appreciated that he has to practice it's not something that just comes naturally. It is creating places of practice.
0: Well, it's the water he's swimming in, right? Like the, yeah. the, the fact that he is engaging with people who are generally skeptical and maintaining a posture of faith, which was really amazing to listen to.
1: The other thing that stood out, and well, actually really hit me quite hard, is his naming that we're in denial. We're in denial as to how the church is being perceived. And the only place that we can begin is to see reality, to name actually what is. And when we do, that's going to invite us to ask different questions. To me, that seems hopeful. And then he still ends, Stephen, with the real hope of the place that the church can have. Mm. And I found that really encouraging. Naming reality doesn't mean there isn't a place for us. It just might look different. So let's listen in.
0: Aaron, welcome. Welcome to the Changes Ahead podcast. It's great to be with you. Cool. Thank you for having me. It's our pleasure. We have known each other probably four or five years or so. Actually, yeah. it's a bit longer than a bit that. Longer, but, yeah, yeah since, uh, since I've been the pastor of the church you go to. So this could be quite an awkward conversation as we <laughs> as we reflect on the changes ahead for the oh, church. Yeah. No, I'm sure it will be very interesting and, and enlightening. But yeah, so I I wonder as we begin though, because I know you well, could you maybe introduce yourself a little bit to listeners. Yeah,
2: hi. So, um, my name's Aronin, and I'm a uh, second year law student at Victoria studying well, law and then doing a BA in political science, and also currently just doing some religious studies papers as well, which is really fun. Mm,
0: interesting. So that's quite a, a spectrum of information, new information that you're getting, or I imagine, it must be particularly interesting as well. Given we are, you know, a couple of months out from a general election, you're getting a whole lot of academic stuff that's speaking into. Oh that yeah, well.
2: definitely. And you know, some of my lecturers have made some very pointed comments towards oh, towards okay. certain policies and all that, not endorsing or not any things, but just making some comments, which is very funny. Okay. Yes. Yes.
0: Probably not repeatable here.
2: Yes. Not. Of course not. No. <laughs> Cool. Well, yeah, really great
0: to be able to hear some of your thoughts and insights into into church, the the church that we are sitting in as we're recording this is the one that you've kind of grown up in and, and that I've, I've been pastoring the last four or so years. And so I wonder, would you tell us, firstly, what's been your experience of church as
2: perhaps you've grown up or maybe in more, yeah, the last, the last four or five years? Yes, I mean, you know, this has been the church that my family has gone to for 20 or so years and, you know, having grown up, met some, you know, Some of my closest friends have gone here. And over the past couple of years, due to outside factors, I've been kind of coming less and less. Mm. But um, my experience in relation to the church has been on kind of two ways. Mm. Uh, One of the things that have stuck with me most when I'm, you know, here is just kind of, you know, hearing people's experiences with God and the stories that they tell. And that those kind of things that have kind of stuck with me Mm. as I've gotten older and then another thing is just kind of interacting with, you know, people who have had negative experiences mm, with the church. Mm. I remember particularly in high school, I was taking a religious studies class and often, you know, play defensive. Sure. Basically every lesson would there'd be a pot shot taken and I have to be a like, wow, 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 wow. Yeah. And so on and so forth.
0: Mm. So what, what, I mean, maybe we'll we'll stay there for a sec What what was it like being in high school And kind of having to feel like you had to defend the church in that space?
2: Well, um, you have a lot of different views Mm. And particularly in high school Everyone's, you know, young and quite passionate about everything And I was in, I went to a Wellington high school Which is a very progressive high school in Wellington And one that is very accepting of LGBTQ plus Mm -hmm. groups And so, you know, being someone who's from a religious background and hearing people who weren't entirely informed on everything, but mm. at least had seen news articles and things of what's going on in America and here. It was certainly an experience that kind of enlightened me to how, you know, the church is being seen by the current generation and how, you know, changes need to be made mm. for the church to not only just survive, but also thrive in this new society that is being, you know, post church. Yeah, post post Christian world mm. that is you know becoming.
1: Mm.
0: Can you talk to us a little bit about that comment you just made around post church post Christian? That might be a,
2: a new idea for for some people. What what does that mean? Yeah, so um, uh, over the past kind of ooh, kind of five ten years, we've seen, in, particularly in New Zealand, uh, the amount of people who are identifying as Christian has dropped, mm. Mm. and I think it was in the twenty eighteen census for the first time we had non-religious higher than religious and yeah. it's something where you know if i if i'm the church i'd be like whoa what's happened here yeah. what what have we done to you know turn all these people away mm. Mm. and that and that but that's not not to say that you know the church should you know be 100 of the population but it's something where you've gone from having a in, in 50 years, probably from having about 70-80% of the population being comfortable with identifying as Christian to 30%, so you've mm. lost a massive percentage of people who would, you know, turn up. Mm. It's something that, you know, is is kind of worrying, yep. you know, if you were, you know. For those of us who are part of the yeah, church. For, so I'm yeah, for those who are part of the church, you know, it it's something that... should be a concern. It, it should be a concern. Yeah
0: the other thing that you mentioned as you were talking about your engagement with the church is hearing people's stories so that yeah, yeah. The, the positive sides of things yeah. so without i suppose identifying yeah. people are there are there stories that you heard that that, are, that have been particularly impactful for you as as far as the way you have engaged with
2: with church places um it's just kind of a lot of a lot of general kind of things you know i remember one person was in surgery and they felt you know god was holding their hand mm. And, you know, you hear stories online about people who have had God call to them and help them out of tough situations. Yes. And I, and I hear those and they're really great. Yeah. And part of me wonders, you know, you know where's that for me? Sure. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, I I know a lot of people have really struggled mm. and are really struggling and I wonder where is that for them? Mm. And it's mm. something that, you know, is hard to kind of, you know, reconcile. Yeah. When I, when I look at all the suffering and people who haven't done anything wrong, mm. And part of me wonders, you know, where is this, you know, God who has, who from a childhood has been told, you know, he, good things will happen mm-hmm. and so on and so forth. Where is that? Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of a, a thing that I'm kind of struggling with yeah. and going it's, through, yeah. which is, it's a very complex kind of thing to deal with. Yes.
1: And where do you find, I suppose the question I'm thinking about is to be able to even voice that, you really need safe spaces to be yeah. able to, to voice that kind of tension where, you know, you've got some people that have experienced God's presence and you're saying, but I haven't got that to draw draw off. Is is that what I'm hearing you say? Uh, kind
2: of, but it's, it's kind of an internal thing that, okay. you know, it, it's not really a crisis of faith, but, you know, it's a thing where you know, I see a lot of people who are struggling, mm. you know, close friends of mine who have really, really had it tough and, not had a good environment to live in and all that. And, and I'm just kind of thinking, you know, where, you know, I've, I've grown, I've been in a more positive environment compared to them. And I'm just thinking, you know, where is, mm. where is God or where is, you know, mm. this, this God that is supposed to be generous, Where is mm-hmm. who's supposed to save everyone, mm. when all the suffering is happening, where are they? Mm. Mm. And it, and it's something where, you know, it's kind of a thing that when you discuss it with atheists or you they kind of smugly go oh well if there is a god they're neither all powerful or all good <laughs> which is which is an argument that could be made but it's a it's kind of a reductive and sure. not beneficial one to the conversation mm. and it's one that has been discussed for centuries yep. yeah I think. so you you're not going to give us the answer to that today <laughs> <laughs> if I had it I wouldn't be having these problems. <laughs> true, true. But it's something where these these discussions are ones that need to be had mm. and it's and and the answer, if there is one, would be complex. Mm. And it's something that mm-hmm. I've kind of had an evolving view on mm. over this time. But it the answer isn't it doesn't make it any easier seeing the suffering and all no. that.
1: I was just imagining, well, my question was, how do you imagine us having those conversations? What would they look like and where do we need to begin?
2: It's it's a hard conversation to have because ultimately you are, at least from a Christian perspective, you know, we have this view of this all-powerful, all-benevolent God and part of it is to admit, actually, no. Mm. You know, we are, you know, there's suffering in the world and, you know, and part of it would be admitting that mm. we are wrong on the very nature of the divinity that we believe in. Mm. And it would be one that would be incredibly difficult to have, particularly with atheists, because, you know, I've met quite a few who very smugly believe that, you know, they're greater than religion and mm. their religion is the crux of the weak mm. and all that, which is completely not true. Mm. But I think it's a conversation that probably needs to be had but one that needs to be done constructively Mm, mm. because it's something where you know high level people in the church were to admit we were wrong on on this thing you know the public outcry and all that these these types of discussions are ones that will have to be taken over time and Mm. ones that aren't going to be easy for anyone Mm.
0: so Yeah, the the admitting that we've been wrong on things and I guess we'll continue to be wrong on things (laughs) as we continue to learn and and discover uh, reality throughout history. We've had a lot of conversations around the idea of of leadership or those in powerful positions having a, a different posture, one of kind of more humility, right, of going, this is how I see things but I acknowledge that I don't have the full truth and i have to, I have to be willing to admit that I could be wrong on, on, yeah. on that so that's a change quite a significant change in posture of, of the church is yeah is what I'm hearing you yeah. encourage at least yeah it? definitely yeah. and I
2: think when it comes to you know, the nature of God acting like we understand mm. God is naive and quite egotistical to mm. say that we understand God because when we look at you know the universe, and and because something that I'm a very scientific person, and you know when I look at science and things and see the complexity, yep. God created an incredibly complex world, mm. and to act like we understand <laughs> the nature of God is absurd. Yeah. Mm. yeah. <laughs> and so I think being able to admit actually we don't know everything. Yeah. But let's try and find out some more mm. together. I think that would be incredibly beneficial. Mm.
0: I love that concept. Yeah, the, the simplicity of that. Let's do this together. Like I think mm, yeah. that's just a really wonderful invitational way of being. Yeah, rather than going, "Come, follow me, everyone." Yeah. It's Hey, let's figure this out together. I, yeah. I think that's that's a really significant shift and, as well.
2: Yeah, and that's something that um, you know probably early Christianity was mm. about. There was an interesting video I saw online about the modern sense of the church. is you know, you have one person preaching to a congregation of people. I mean, it's, you know you have the one person up on a stage and the everyone else below and that's something that was kind of important in the in kind of the more Roman era. but before then what you had was a more communal thing you had one person speaking, but everyone was on the same plane maybe have talking over a meal and in, in kind of like a u-shape, everyone was just kind of sitting around and all discussing. and so it was a communal thing. And so you know that might be something that could be beneficial not not to return to. But maybe saying, "Well, what are the dynamics? What we are the can dynamics we can yet. learn from?" Absolutely.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: Mm. So I'm really interested in hearing a bit more about the religious studies that you're doing because obviously that's creating a lot of fodder mm. and information for you to engage in. So can you tell us about that and how that's impacting you?
2: Yes. Yeah, so the course is called um, "What is Religion." And it's about trying to find out well what is religion. And it's a great course taught by um, some really great people. It's it's fascinating learning and hearing lots of different people's experiences, learning about all the different aspects of religion that make up well, religion mm. and all these different aspects of, you know, spirituality, tradition, customs, rituals and all that's fascinating. Mm. So and this is not just
0: Christianity, obviously. No, no, no. At religion it's a religion world, yeah. as a
2: whole. And, you know, we we hear lots of different scholars' arguments for what well, should we be looking at when it comes to religion and, you know, can you put a definition on religion? Yeah. Everyone has their own separate definition of religion. Mine is, we have it here, a series of beliefs that provides a set of morals for how to live your life. And that, that's my personal definition of religion. But everyone has their own, and it just kind of goes to show how, Different people have very different sets of views on all these different things. Mm, mm. So that, that
0: was your personal definition. Yeah. Uh, what are some other definitions you've heard in this paper? One
2: thing recently that we have talked about is, or at least had a couple lectures on is, you know, religion shouldn't be around dogma. It, it should be focused on mm. people's individual experiences around religion. And that's, you know, a scholarly argument, you know, for that type of discussion, you know, talking about people's experiences with the divine. And that's what the study of religion should be focused on compared to, you know, the religious organizations, the priests and et cetera, and the morals and the dogmas and et cetera, et cetera. So mm. it's a lot of fascinating different, you know, definitions.
0: So there they're inviting the more individual reflection rather than, yeah, okay, yeah, interesting. Mm.
1: So is it raising some questions for you as you listen to this? I mean, if you've been raised in a Christian background, what has it raised for you that you probably hadn't thought of before?
2: So kind of the question to loop back to what we were discussing earlier is, um, you know, can we really understand God? Mm. And, you know, when we hear all these different kind of views and things, can we as beings really understand the divine Mm. and God as we know it? could be completely different. Hmm. Or, and so, should we try to understand hmm. God and all that? And we, you know, the Bible is an incredibly complex book, hmm. but it paints a pretty good picture, but it doesn't paint the whole picture, hmm. I think. Hmm.
0: Given your background within the church uh, and talking about going to Wellington High School, yeah, being on the more progressive side of things, yeah. now at Vic studying law and doing this religious studies course... Has there been a clash then for you in, in kind of ideas at times? And, and for what what has that been like for, for to kind of have a particular upbringing and then have that be perhaps questioned in, in your high school and, and now
2: university? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a very difficult thing to have, you know, these beliefs that you have held be challenged hmm. and, and quite well challenged by people who are much smarter than me. <laughs> yeah, um, right. But it's, it's also fascinating to hear everyone's individual perspectives on all this i brought up some questions that we discussed in our religious studies class with some friends of mine who some of who went to a catholic school and i think i struck a nerve because i got some very passionate responses about you know the church and the the catholic church particularly but the church in general and and what their views were on it. and it's fascinating hearing all these different and unique perspectives that completely and utterly contradict mine interesting yeah and, it, and it, it's 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 challenging mm-hmm. because you know it's something that i believe for a very long time had it told to me many times by lots of different authority figures and so hearing these people's different perspectives it provides me with a new perspective mm-hmm. on how to look at things
1: so in a way even though it's confronting and You know, and it is quite. What's the word? It's it's disturbing, eh? Because it disturbs what you think you already know. But it sounds like also it's creating more generosity for you that you can go. Ah, I hadn't thought of that other perspective, and so you can add that. So is that is that how you're holding being in this in this kind of space?
2: I mean, you're you're right, and it's a. I think it definitely opens my eyes a bit more Mm -hmm. into lots of different views and. You know, all these different perspectives help me to inform my own view. Mm. And, you know, hearing everyone's, you know, very passionate and different perspectives on on these topics and issues, it provides me with a new perspective that informs my own views mm. because I can, you know, take what they think and say, well, maybe I don't agree with it, but I can see where they're coming from. Mm. And then I can go, well, maybe they're right on something. Mm. And so I will think about that. And Mm. if they're wrong, that's okay. And if they're right, I'm like, oh, Mm. well, that's beneficial. And that helps me. Yeah. Cool. These views are very complex, Mm. you know, religion and God and how this all fits into the modern society and Mm -hmm. how that also intersects with my own personal passion for the sciences and, and all that. And it's, it it all intersects very at at kind of a crossroads. Mm. And, you know, some people, A lot of people like to say, you know, well, how can you believe in God and science at the same time? Because they conflict. Hmm. Uh, The answer to that, you know, would be, well, they answer different questions for me. Mm. And, you know, science explains how and religion explains why. Mm. You know, what is the purpose Mm. of all these things? Mm. Well, there's the religion answer. And how does it work? There's the science.
0: Right. Yeah
2: you've put it pretty simply there. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That's, yeah. yeah it's,
2: it's it's a very simple explanation, but, no, it, but, I, but I think that's yeah. really helpful
0: in, in, in that. You yeah. Know, showing they don't have to be in conflict.
2: They don't, they don't have to be in conflict. Mm. They can mm. work side by side. And I think, you know, treating them as opposing mm. belief systems, if that's what you can call it, I, I don't think helps at all. Mm. I think it, un, it's unnecessarily providing a system of conflict for mm. people who, but i find particularly those who have been brought up in religion seem to and have now rejected the teachings but seem to use it as kind of their own dogma and say well science is xyz interesting okay yeah and you you find that a lot online yeah, yeah. online you, you find and i mean the internet is never a good place for rational discussion but sure. yeah it's something that you will see a lot yeah yeah and it's a, it, i think it, it doesn't benefit Anyone, know, Well, you have to believe science, or you have to believe religion. Mm. You Could believe both, Mm. because they're asking because they're they're asking different questions. Absolutely, they are asking different questions. It's kind of like saying, you know, why do we have philosophers Mm. when we have scientists? Right. Well, they they have different purposes. Yeah.
1: Mm. I'm just finding this this conversation fascinating. Mm -hmm because it's like you're sifting with complexity. And I'm not sure if this is your personality or whether it's your age, that you are able to kind of sit with, well, that we need both. Because I think as human beings, we tend to kind of want to go to what is known and what gives us comfort. Mm-hmm. And we tend to want to go to that space. And that's why I think people get so unnerved because they've built a foundation on what they think they know. So I'm just finding, you know, your ability to do both, is that something that you are quite naturally wired to, or is it that you have practiced? Does that make sense? Like, is it because of the environment that you're in, that you're practicing to go, there's a lot of complexity. If I can hold both, I'm going to keep learning. And so you're not losing your sense of, yourself when someone suddenly throws something at you that you hadn't thought of before is that making sense
2: yep and i think you know it's something where i am constantly challenged on my personal views whether it be my political views my personal views etc etc you know i'm constantly challenged Mm. and sometimes you know and my my views have evolved over over time Mm. but it's something where i'm pragmatic enough to be able to say well Here's something new that I want to explore and look what this actually, you know, is good. And oh. I think, I think everything that you know I believe and everything I try to do is kind of all in service of you know the core teachings that Jesus said. You know, love your mm. neighbor as yourself, right? That's kind of, you know, the core foundation for my own moral set of beliefs and everything that I believe. Other than that, is in service of that. Mm. If I like, if I were to, if I were to boil down mm. Christianity to that. Into one thing, it would be that, mm. which is handy because that's what Jesus did as well. Yeah, so, I know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Shot. Yeah, so I know. you're
1: holding, you're holding that at the core, holding yeah, that, that, that at it, the core of my. It gives of moral you some beliefs. foundation. Yeah. yeah,
2: and then everything kind of builds from there, mm.
1: and then you can hold that a lot more openly. Because what you're describing, I think we need more practice at that in our church spaces. Mm. We really have not been taught how to do that. Yeah.
2: And I, and I think partly you know as society becomes particularly a bit more not hostile to Christianity but a lot more challenged you know challenging the established views that have been ingrained, ingrained in our society you know you'll have you'll have a more radicalization of both sides because hmm. and we can see that in America and hmm. we'll probably see that here as well as as the u say the u s em- embraces lgbtq rights abortion all these issues that you know even the most the average person will be like yeah that's reasonable the church for some reason has decided no it isn't No, we aren't going to treat these people with respect we aren't going to do all these things because they disagree with our personal biases and they just get entrenched mm-hmm. in their viewpoint and are not willing to admit they're wrong or aren't even willing to admit, you know, let's, you know, let's Let's have it, let's explore this. And what happens after that, after they've gone and entrenched their views, those on the opposite side of the argument go and entrench theirs and it, it doesn't benefit anyone.
0: Mm. Mm. So I think that leads nicely on to another question where how, how are you seeing the church, either your church or the church in general, Engage with the the things that are concerning you and your peers yeah. of of your generation. Yeah,
2: whenever you know, discussions around the church have, and, uh, and when I say the church, I mean the church in general. Yeah. So I say the church in general because that's what most people see. Yes, yeah, they don't see the separation. They, 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 don't yeah. see the separation. they just yeah. see a Christian's gone, and you know, yeah. a Christian minister has gone and you know, molested a bunch of kids. Yeah. and they're like, "Well." Yeah. And then they see the institution shielding them. Mm. Mm-hmm. And so they're like, wait a second, that's not good. Yeah. And, you know, particularly, you know, Stephen, I think it was a couple of years ago, you brought a survey um, before us. Mm. And which was, you know, the number of the top five things that are stopping Locking people you. from blocking people. And one of the, the big issues were the social issues, yeah. you know, LGBTQ abuse yeah. from the church. And all those things stop people from you know coming in and okay. engaging, mm-hmm. and and the writing's on the wall. You've got you know the abuse and care inquiry coming out mm-hmm. sometime either this year or next, and that isn't going to help anyone.
1: Hopefully, I wanna, it will I'll,
2: help people. By, hopefully, hopefully, I mean, yeah, <laughs> by, but, by, oh, shining the light, but shining yes, the light, but yeah, yeah, but yeah, like it's it's if the church isn't willing to change, mm-hmm. it's going to die out. Mm. And that is something that I don't think benefits society overall mm. because something that I firmly believe is that religion absolutely has a place in society mm. It is, as an academic would say pro social. It is right. it, it benefits people. Mm-hmm. And as you know, a lot of younger people are, you know, we're we're in what some people call, you know, a mental health crisis. Mm-hmm. And I think that religion can be not the weapon, but a weapon to you know how deal with that it, it can absolutely and we know that religion has positive mental health benefits it's been proven multiple times and religion absolutely has a benefit to society but currently the christian church as it is right now as and as it is perceived sure yes that's a good is, distinction is hurting society and the church does some really good stuff you know the biggest welfare organisations that aren't the government are Christian organisations but the problem is is that no one sees it and or no one cares because of all the other bad things that happen and it's something where you know if I were to say go to say a more conservative church pastor and say hey you need to do more stuff on LGBTQ well my congregation doesn't agree with that right as a leader and as a, you know, someone who influences Mm. how people view the Bible and how people view society, you can change that. You can, it won't be a, a simple thing. Right. And it won't be instant. Yeah. But it is, it is, if you have bigoted views in your congregation, particularly in a, in a Christian church, it should be your job to try and challenge that in a way that, Moves everyone forward. Mm, yeah, that's a challenging call. It is yeah, a challenging yeah. call, but but you're, you're but,
0: saying to your pastor, yeah, thanks for that. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, you're good at it. You're good <laughs> at it. But like, but like, no, but no, yeah. I, I agree. Like, it's, yeah, it's something something that is really important for yeah. us to go. Okay, how do we engage in these these challenging social issues in a way that is is ultimately affirming life, right? Liz? Yeah, as, absolutely, as upholding the dignity
2: of every human being, absolutely, and. You know, if someone goes and says, well, the Bible goes against God, goes against it. Uh, that brings me back to, you know, how God is incredibly complex. Right. Yeah. And I, so I was, I was um watching a video where some people was interviewing some intersex people and talking about the different types of intersex, because it isn't just the same. There are about five or six different types that we know of. And I'm just sitting here like, it's incredibly complex. Yeah. yeah. And mm. it's a natural thing mm. that, people have no control over and i just sat there and go you know from a christian view god made you in that way then so that is how it is it isn't it isn't my job or anyone's job to tell you no god cursed you right to be like this for whatever reason that isn't that isn't the role of the church that isn't and it's just—it's
0: also not consistent with
2: scripture, right? Yeah, either. absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. There was—I was—I saw something, and it was like you know, someone was literally quoting Jesus, you know, saying you know, give to the poor, treat everyone nicely, all that stuff. And some people went up and said, "Where'd you get all this woke liberal, <laughs> woke liberal stuff?" When you're literally quoting scripture, it's—it's yeah. yeah. it's absurd, and it isn't—it's—it's it's worrying that you know mm. our views are becoming stuff like this and associated with stuff like this because it hurts everyone it doesn't benefit people
1: so with all of that you're engaging with what what would you like to see the church do differently going forward
2: i think i'd like to just see the church taking a more positive involvement in kind of the issues that that society's having Hmm. partly being a bit more public about it but not like in a you know look at what we're doing type stuff, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm not sure how that you know, works, but I think it would it would be beneficial if the more positive aspects of the church came to the forefront a bit, just to kind of at least return. Obviously, you know, you need to fix all the big issue, the big horrible issues that are going on yep. before all this. Like yeah. you can't you can't be sheltering the pedophiles, mm-hmm. you can't be doing all that stuff because that's just Morally wrong. wrong. Yeah. It is. It is wrong. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. being associated with all that brings everyone who does the good work of the church mm. down. Mm. You said, and it, it doesn't help anyone mm. to do that stuff. Obviously. Mm. Can I just? It's really interesting.
0: That perception is quite big amongst your peers. Yes, absolutely. I'm hearing you like, absolutely. So like, I probably hadn't noticed the weight of that actually. As as you've mm. said that a few times throughout a conversation, actually you know because i think of course i'm not gonna be sheltering people who are sexually abusing yeah. anyone right but for the the we don't know it's happened in churches yeah. and but the, yeah i guess i'm I'm hearing the perception is much bigger than perhaps i had considered yeah um, and, and, which and, is and so it's so important to highlight
2: yeah absolutely and again yeah i think the big issue is you know the lgbtq yeah, right. stuff you know however prevalent the bigotry or affirmation of the community is there is a the perception is that the church is against it. Right. Mm-hmm. And that is probably true. And even if, you know, a lot more churches were to become affirming, I it'd be incredibly hard to shake that image. Mm-hmm. And, and it's something where, where, you know, talking about it and saying, hey, look, here's what we're doing to, you know, help LGBTQ people. You know, we're sorry for all the hurt we've caused. Mm-hmm. You know, we aren't. We don't expect you to forgive us, because that—that's mm. the thing—is that—is that there there can't be an entitlement to forgiveness. Yeah. Because saying well. you know, saying I've said I'm sorry, forgive me now. It it seems, it doesn't seem genuine, mm. and and at least, you know, with with some stuff like this, you know, forgiveness. Is earned, mm. It isn't given, <laughs> which I know isn't a very Christian thing. But again, we're in a post-Christian society. Right. And yeah. I don't think it would be fair at all for people who have been hurt quite badly by the church for, for us to say, you have to forgive us now. Mm. I don't I think guess. that's fair at all because they've been incredibly yeah. hurt. The apology
0: doesn't erase the harm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And
2: yeah. so, you know, you need to say, here's what we're doing to genuinely you know, try to atone, which again, isn't, you know, very Christian morally, but well, kind of is, but like,
1: well, it's again, it's, it's that stance of humility, isn't it? Yeah. And, and to even to be willing to say, this is what I thought I knew and I'm just open to being, to learn. And that's what, I mean, even that's a starting point. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Absolutely. And you know, I I would say you know some you know young people, my generation, do need to be a bit more open minded when it comes to the stuff. Okay, but mm. I'm I'm also not going to say there. I'm not going to go and force people and say, hey, you need to be open minded mm. on mm. that because you know when you look at how everything pans out, though, it does not look good, right. and it isn't good for the church because the mm. church has been incredibly harmful to lots of people. Mm. Mm. And so, mm. it it should be on us to fix the issues. Mm. It shouldn't be mm. on them. Yeah, yeah.
1: And and you're asking us <laughs> again. This is a tough one. You're asking us to remove our our, our wanting to defend ourselves mm. to self to self defend. And and if we could learn that one thing,
2: it, it's and, and I mean you know talking about. You know, what well, we stuffed up. Stuff is in, in, incredibly hard, mm. and it's hard not mm. to get defensive. Whenever I have discussions like this with my peers, I get defensive mm-hmm. because you know it's it's incredibly raw and incredibly mm. real mm. consequences. And but it's something that probably needs to be done. And you know, I might be taking quite a radical view on that, but but it, it comes to the point where you know. What I've seen is I've, I I I've seen two things. I've seen the church genuinely help people, but I've also seen people be incredibly hurt and disenfranchised by the church at the mm. same time. And so the question is, what does the church need to do mm. to bring people back in, or at least have be seen as a more positive thing that isn't a scourge on society? Mm.
0: Mm. <laughs> I think yeah, some of the insights of, that you have brought us today um, mm. give us sort of some ability to to do that. I think, and, and you know, even just going, hey, we don't know it all. Yeah, you know, mm. I, I I need to learn from you, and and um, you're going to reveal something more. <laughs> Perhaps even of God, even if you don't realize that or don't want to name yeah. that, I'm experiencing something new of God <laughs> through this engagement with someone who's perhaps an, a- yeah. an atheist, right? Oh, absolutely. Um, which is, is mm. it's hard. It, again, we've been saying it again, but it just comes back to this posture of humility that is yeah. so, so important. Yeah. Yeah. So finally, you're you're sitting in the room with yeah with a church leader with yeah. with the pastor of the church that you attend. What would you love to say to me or to to yeah. other church leaders? What yeah maybe yeah. And, and as as we conclude yeah. our time together today.
2: Yeah. Well, Stephen, you've been a very good church leader. Oh, that's so. very kind. <laughs> yeah, but but well, to the now tell the yeah. truth. But to <laughs> the leaders of you know the big churches and the ones and like the arises the right. Hillsong, yeah, right. and the earth, yep. all these people that. You know, by either purposefully or, you know, just being ignorant to what goes on in their, in in within the organizations that they run, they need to get their act together. If if we look at the past kind of two hundred ish years, the church has kind of been in a state of denial mm-hmm. over its loss of influence since the Enlightenment, and it's. It's time for the church to stop the pain and suffering that it has caused. Mm. It's a thing where, where society is moving forward, and you know, for a lot of history, the the church and a lot of you know social movements has been at the forefront of that. You know, mm. you can think of you know the civil rights movement. Martin Luther King was mm-hmm. a Christian mm. and a very you know passionate Christian, that. and so. And so it's it's time for the church to stop sheltering and stop hiding behind this this lie that it's still has major influence mm. in how the society moves forward because you know, yes, it has influence, but it isn't a positive one right mm, now. Mm. Mm. and so it's so what? And so the church does have an influence on society, and so it needs to use that to benefit mm. society because. As I said earlier, you know, religion is a pro-social thing. Mm. You know, it does benefit all of us when it's, you know, when it isn't hurting people. Sure. <laughs> when it, when yeah. it isn't doing all these things that the church is currently doing, mm. Mm. it can be incredibly powerful to help people. Mm. I think
0: that's for me. That's the that's such to, to acknowledge the stuff that is really. Harmful uh, within mm. church spaces, and to not pretend it's not happening. Or yeah. Go, well, I don't see it, so it must not be happening. Yeah. But to admit that and to do everything that I can in my local yeah. space and and wider than that to be are working towards that social benefit you know, yeah and and ultimately spiritual benefit I mean we're talking kingdom of God here right yes yeah, like is absolutely. ultimately the invitation that Jesus gives to 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 everyone mm. who who will encounter him and that's that's our job as the church is to invite people into to that, mm. that ministry that that Jesus is was doing when he was yeah. here and is doing by the spirit now so. absolutely
1: mm. wow and and your word denial, oh my gosh, that just kind of hit me yeah. It's yeah. so powerful, and if we could just start to engage there, to go, what yeah. are we in denial about, yeah. which is what you're saying. We're not at the center. Mm. And until we do that work, we can't do the work that you said. We could have so much positive effect in in terms of the era of mental health with youth, yeah. but until we do some work yeah. to bridge some of that perception, we're not going to be there. Yeah. We won't be in the spaces that young people need us. Absolutely. So that is such Ugh. a challenge. I thank you. Thank mm. you for thank you for not holding back because <laughs> I really no, I really appreciate the depth of honesty and where it's coming from because you you want us to do good. We have a place yeah. in society to do mm. good.
2: Absolutely. Mm. Like, yeah. yeah. I I do not want to see the church die out. Mm. Because you know, it's benefited me, and it's benefited a lot of people.
1: Mm. Mm.
2: And so, you know, changes need to be made. Mm.
0: Mm. Yeah. Well, we've kind of run out of time here, Aaron. So, uh, yeah, just want to really thank you for, as Kathy has just said, your your honesty, your willingness to call a spade a spade, um, and mm. to, to bring some challenge, but also hold that hope for us that actually Mm. you don't want to see us die out yeah yeah and and you want the church as as we do you know within this podcast space yeah we want the church Mm -hmm. to be thriving but naming naming the stuff that needs to get fixed and and perhaps being more public about the the stuff that is is going well i don't know Yeah, yeah yeah so so thank you so much for your time today
2: yeah thank you very much for having me it's been a great time
0: thanks for listening to this episode of the changes ahead podcast
1: if that resonated with you
0: or you've got thoughts about the changes ahead for the church
1: we'd love to hear from you
0: so get in touch on instagram or facebook at changes
1: or email us at the changes ahead podcast at gmail.com see you next time